0: We'll see if we still remember how to do this, shall we? I know, it's been a little bit.
1: <clears throat> Clear my throat.
0: We're here because of the music. We are banding. You like Huey Lewis on the news? On the news? I like this song. It's just a junk.
1: hey guys it's frankie and misa on the b-side what is happening we're so excited yes
0: very excited what are we talking about today
1: oh gosh oh something that is super exciting kind of a little um what's the word a little risque if you will because some people don't agree with this that uh sequels can be better than the original
0: yep and it's not unheard of to like a sequel better than the original or a
1: predecessor yeah I agree and I think that kind of comes from you know um building upon what was already there and then realizing what worked and what didn't and then kind of grasping what the audience is looking for maybe
0: yeah I think that's a good point also it, it also has to do with like stories tend to mature you get a little more fleshed out with a sequel or a trilogy or what have you um on top of the fact that like outside the story budgets tend to get bigger if they want more movies so then the product ends up getting a bit of a makeover if you will because uh there's more money behind it to support it
1: but that's a great point because uh once we see like what the fans are liking and how the audience reacts from that first movie I definitely agree with you that budgets get bigger and companies and producers are much more willing to shell out those big bucks, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why there are so many horror movies that are about Michael or Freddie or, I mean, I know Jason Voorhees, the Friday the 13th stuff is under like some kind of copyright like feud in at the moment. That's why we haven't gotten
1: any Friday the 13th movies in a while. But like Chucky is getting a TV show. Did you see that? I did, and at first I thought like, no, this has to be like one of those fan things, you know, um, but no, it, it, it's exciting. I'm super excited.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I've been following, um, oh my fucking God, what is her name? I just lost it. The chick from Bride of Chucky. Tiffany? Oh, Tiffany. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Jennifer Tilly. Thank you. Oh my God. Yes, Jennifer Tilly. Um, I've been following her on Twitter for a while, and um she when she found out that there was a TV show, she was very adamantly like, I am not a part of this. I have nothing to do with this, like I don't want anything to do with this. Like she's not she's not crazy about it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Of course that was uh that was like months ago. I don't know if uh, you know, everybody's got a prize. So I don't know if she ended up changing her mind at any point. But I do last I checked, I don't think she's
1: involved. Hmm. So I wonder who's doing her, you know, part. Because I, I can't imagine the voice of anyone else.
0: I'm not so sure that there's even a Tiffany in this TV adaptation. Like,
1: oh, I
0: gotcha. from what I saw, which was not very much, I think I saw a trailer on mute. Um, it's, like, just Chucky and there's this boy and it, it looks like your typical setup from the outside, but mm-hmm. I don't know a whole lot of details about it. I don't know how they're going to stretch
1: it into a show but I mean they stretched it into like six movies. So they really did. They I'm not going to lie. They kind of prolonged that one. I think there's a point where some don't work well, but you know, that happens. Some are better some are not. <laughs> Oh my gosh,
0: I remember the fucking I love the 80s when they talked about Child's Play uh, and Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister was like, <laughs> it's a doll! Step on it! It's over!
1: He was like, I don't understand how this went on for it's so long. It's like, why didn't anyone just <laughs> step on the doll? <laughs> right? I felt that. I was like, I agree. I agree. I didn't understand why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love Chucky but I didn't understand why it needed to go on as are as it did
0: I agree so I, I take it that none of the child's plays or Chucky's are on either of our lists today no not on mine not on mine okay okay <laughs> I'm just now remembering like I do have a love for Bride of Chucky but it's mm-hmm. really the only one that I like out of the whole like
1: franchise and so like Okay, tell me why, because I agree with you.
0: (laughs) I mean, I have multiple. I mean, there are so many reasons why. First of all, it came out in the 90s right around the time that slashers were it. Like, we're talking Scream. I know what you did last summer. Scream, too. I still know what you did last summer. Urban Legend. Mm -hmm. Like, all these really cool, hip, teen slasher adaptation, renaissance kind of era was going on and I think that Chucky saw a way in. Chucky was like, oh, now we're going to appeal to the teen audience, and so that's exactly what they did, and they hired fucking Katherine Heigl, who can't act, and she is, that's that's one thing that I don't like about that movie, is like, I think the leads and the actors are
1: awful, but it it it, John Ritter is in it, so
0: that's a win.
1: I was gonna say, John Ritter's in it, and I do love Alexis as Damien, and I love when he's Dead in the bed, and Jennifer's kind of like nudging his dead body over. I for something I don't know why, but that scene is so funny to me.
0: Even further back, like the opening credits with Rob Zombie's Living Dead Girl amazing!
1: Yes, yes, yeah, no, Brighter Chucky was just it was it was the perfect mix of that 90s horror with the just comedy that we needed, and it was like hilariously horrific, and funny at the same time. And I loved it.
0: I like that it was comedy slash horror, but not necessarily parody of any horror or of itself. Right. Agreed. Not yet, at least. It, didn't, it wasn't so self-aware. It became self-aware as it
1: went yes, on. Yes, very much so. So I know that one's not necessarily on our list, but uh, what is one that is on your list? Let's go ahead and just jump into it. Oh, gosh. um, let's, Where should I even start? How long is your list, Frankie? I was, um, okay, so I have, I tried to narrow mine down because, you know, as much as I love to hear our voices and talk, I was like, you know what? This is B-side. I'm going to try to be just, like, real narrow. So I narrowed mine down to my top six. And I know that's a random number. I was between right. 10 and 5, and I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and do my top six. And I will be honest. I did choose a movie that I haven't seen yet as one of my favorites because I've been so anxiously awaiting to see it that it's on my list. Should I start with that one? Do you want to know why? Can we start with that? Because you have piqued my interest. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I went ahead and chose a movie that is like one of the most anticipated for me just because of my personal love for Symbiotes and all things Marvel, I am beyond excited for the Venom Let There Be Carnage movie. Mm. I, I know it's not a popular opinion. I know Venom was not everyone's jam, and I get that. I actually really liked it because it was very close to the comics. But I'm just going to go ahead and say I love Woody Harrelson as Carnage. And I'm just so excited to see it. So we went ahead and made my list because I have been anxiously awaiting this movie since Venom came out. And it has now been pushed back from September to October. And so now I'm even more anxiously awaiting this film. So uh, yeah, Venom is one of my favorite anti-heroes for Marvel. And that is why I just love it. And the music is amazing. And I know I'll be covering it on Soundtrack City.
0: Sweet. Who is the composer?
1: Um. So there is a mix of um some composing, but the music was actually specifically done by um Andy Circus, and then he did have some help from um Marco Beltrami, who was in Scream, or did the music for part of Scream. Yeah, that's right. He did the
0: Scream movies at first. Yes, he's not doing this new one that's coming out in January though.
1: Oh, he's not.
0: I was <laughs> upset and a little shocked, but whatever. I, I, new vision, new cast. It, I mean, Wes passed away, so, you know, da 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 da
1: Right, right. Okay, I get it. I get it. I mean, I get it, but I don't, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and then he actually, uh, Marco, did another one of the scores for um, another movie that's on my list. And I just... I didn't realize how big of a Marco fan I was until I was doing a little bit of research. And I was like, oh, hey, we've covered a couple of his movies, too. So, What is it? Um, Logan. So another, of Aww. course, a lot of mine are Marvel superhero because they all kind of go, you know, hand in hand with the sequels. Um, Logan is one of my favorites. I, I like the bad boys or the anti heroes, if you will, um, from Marvel, the best. And Logan is one that Hugh Jackman, watching him age as Wolverine and knowing that the franchise was coming to an end, um, it it was really sad. And it was such a good movie. It was a little long, but it really showed that he's not just this, you know, mean, cigar smoking, rough neck, like he does have a little bit of a soft side and he does end up saving or helping um Laura who is going to be the new um or like the daughter of Wolverine. I remember the
0: first few X-Men movies and Hugh Jackman was like I guess he was relatively unknown, I guess depending on who your audience is, and I just remember thinking he was so perfect for Logan.
1: Like That was
0: excellent casting top to bottom.
1: A hundred percent. I don't think there could be anyone else to play him. And I think that's why they wrote Logan so well and why they did prolong it. And they, there was like no in budget. Like I was reading that they were like, it doesn't matter how much it costs. James Van Gogh was like, I just want to make sure that we do the character justice. Um, And they were also fulfilling hugh's wish because hugh knew that he had reached his end for playing logan slash wolverine which is sad it is sad it's sad it's a sad realization that our favorites are aging
0: Um, You know what, I was just thinking about this, like the other day, like, I, I think about all the people that we grew up watching and listening to, and we have them kind of instilled in this memory. And of course, they're not people that we see every day. So in our minds, they are still exactly the way they were in the 90s, or what have you. And then we see a new photo of them or we see a new interview with them. And I'm like, oh my God. I don't like that they have to get older. Like I thought that they were perfect. I thought they were immortal. And in a way they are. Mm-hmm.
1: But everybody has to age. Absolutely. And I know we've talked about this with um Paul Rudd and some of the other people in other movies. But um it's just it's really sad when it's someone who you grew up with. Like I remember watching the first X-Men movie at Tinseltown. And now that's not even there. And it's so sad. It's like, but I'm, I'm still like, we're still so young, you know, but, um, (laughs) it's, it's just, I got a little sad when I was doing my research. I'm like, okay. Um, (laughs) most of my people are like really aging, but yeah, I mean, I, I really respect Hugh for you know being honest and saying like look I can't I can't physically and emotionally play this character anymore and I respect that there can only be one Logan and Wolverine like I can't even right now think of anybody else who could possibly fill those shoes in one way or another
0: You know, me, not off the top of my head, me either. I feel like at this point, if there ever were to be like a a revamp or a reboot of the character or, or or some kind of earlier type of origin story with a younger casted Wolverine or something like that, I feel like it would be... Someone would get casted that no one's really kind of feeling, but then once you see the the him in costume and makeup, you're like, "Oh, I see it now!" And then he's gonna blow us away. Right? I could see that happening because it happens so often in the in the superhero verse. Whenever you get a new cast member,
1: and I will be honest, there are some hints because um, we got a little bit of a clue from um, my my one of my third movies actually that. They are going to cross some franchises. And that's been the issue with Marvel because, you know, Fox owns part of Marvel with um, Fantastic Four and X-Men. And, you know, Disney now owns like the majority of Marvel. And so they're trying to come to terms. And they did come to terms for a little bit, but they're holding on to some of those rights. And so it gets a little tricky when all of those characters are crossed in all of the comics. Um, but there is hints that they're trying to get Hugh to come back and return as Wolverine because they don't want to have to find someone else and some of the people I'm a little shocked at who they're thinking to play Wolverine. Yeah um, there's actually so there's like a list of top 15 who were considered or who could possibly play the Wolverine um, for the next couple of movies that they have in mind and i think it would be more like a cameo i don't think they're going to have him as um a title like a movie title uh but i i'm not i'm not a fan of a lot of them and that may be you know unpopular because there, there's some good actors who were chosen to play him but to me it just doesn't make sense um as for instance tom hardy's name was thrown out there okay well he plays venom so like how is that gonna work and then jason momoa okay he's he's Aquaman. No, we can't do that. I mean, they could do
0: that. Um, but I think it would depend on the future of Aquaman, too. Like, uh, not to number two, but two as in T O O.
1: Sorry. No, you're absolutely right, though. Because, um, and then we get even more tricky because there are some times where it's Justice League versus the Avengers. And there's been talk of that coming out in cinematic movies. And if they do that, how are they going to do all these people who have played the other characters? Because Ben Affleck's name was thrown out as the Wolverine. And so was um, Daniel Radcliffe and some other people. And I just, there have been rumors of them playing other characters in DC. So it's it's just, it gets complicated, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And honestly, I'm not a big fan of
0: the whole overlapping actors in universes like how are there not enough actors in Hollywood that everyone gets one character
1: right right like why do I need to have like can we just not
0: yeah I mean of course one big first example I think that everybody knows is how Chris Evans was originally Fantastic Four and then he became Captain America is that supposed to be the same universe or was that second Fantastic Four in the MCU
1: nope that was Second Fantastic Four, and again, that comes because of the Marvel situation with Marvel being owned by Disney and Fox owning Fantastic Four, and it just gets it to me like when that happened, I was like, no, why, why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very really interesting, and it gets it gets me a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> No way. <laughs> Just a little. Let me get off my soapbox, and uh, so we covered uh, two of mine. Okay, two of yours now. Okay, well, let's go back and forth.
0: If, well, if we want to stay in the superhero vein, then I can I can swing that way too. Um, oh, well, please come swing my way. I do know that this is an unpopular opinion, but oh, you guys know me, so. Um, <clears throat> I uh obviously grew up uh in the, we are 90s kids. And uh one of the uh things that my my older sisters and I used to bond over was movies and TV shows. My sisters and I didn't have a lot in common. I I've talked about this before how they were way older than me. Uh so you know, I was a kid and they were already graduating high school basically. Um so one thing that we did share was like our love of movies and so Some of my fondest memories are like going to theaters, some of which are not even there anymore to watch Mm -hmm. some of the movies that have still remained my favorites. And part of the reason they are my favorites is because I shared that bond with my sisters, who I'm no longer really close to. So the movies are kind of all we have. And one movie that I specifically remember, like my sister and I actually like got dressed up like I had on a dress and I had a little purse and we went to the theater and we saw Batman Forever in the summer of 1995. Oh my god, that sounds awesome. And I I have great memories. I remember that day. I remember falling in love with that film. That was the first Batman movie I saw in theaters. And then I remember right after that we went out to like this Italian place And we originally had a table inside, but it was, like, freezing fucking cold inside. So then we asked to be moved. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up sitting on the patio.
1: (laughs) I love that you remember all these little details with it, too.
0: Oh, of course I do. I'm like a fucking vault.
1: (laughs) I know. I love it. I love it. So Batman Forever is probably one of my favorite Batman um, movies. Even though I'm not a huge DC fan, that that one is just untouchable oh my gosh
0: it is
1: batman forever
0: is my favorite batman movie of all time that does override the tim burton <laughs> ones that does override the chris nolan ones i love batman forever 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 and ever forever, ever. Ever,
1: forever ever. Hey, you got to give burton a little bit of credit here though he produced that one Oh, no, no, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes,
0: yes. No, 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 no. Uh, 100%. I mean, without, I without his first him. two, without those <laughs> first two that were created in his vision, the third one probably would have been a little bit different. And, and the and third one, which again is Batman Forever, by the way, I think that that movie gets way too much flack. For what it was and what it wasn't. I mean, I think that people are giving too much shit to Chris O'Donnell, and and Val Kilmer was one of the best Bruce Wayne slash Batman actors of all time. He had the best voice. Oh, he had the best look. Oh my God, the way his mouth looks when he's wearing the suit.
1: I know, and I just I. D- And I mean, Jim Carrey. Thank you. Okay,
0: people rag on the Jim Carrey portrayal of the Riddler. Guys, no, dude. Jim Carrey was peak Jim Carrey at this moment. Of course he was going to Jim Carrey the shit out of that character. And the character was better for it. Okay, but honestly, it matched more of what the comics were. Thank you. And that's exact. And oh man, there's just so much I can talk about with this. One day it will be a soundtrack episode, by the way. You know what? Yeah, we can just cover that. Yeah, that's going to be a whole two two-part
1: series. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the um, unappreciated gem that is Batman yeah. forever. There we go because honestly, he brought that character to life. Like I can't imagine anyone better for the Riddler.
0: Mhm not at that not at that
1: time no not, not in the 90s time. no
0: 1995 yeah, no it had to be Jim Can you imagine it being someone else and then everyone was like oh I would have loved to see Jim Carrey as the Riddler
1: no we're glad and we appreciate the fact that we got the Carrie in his piece. Oh, I fucking love it. And then
0: Tommy Lee Jones. I understand. Mm-hmm. I get it. I, I also don't like the fact that Billy D Williams was replaced. I would have loved to see Billy D Williams as Two-Face. I think that would have been awesome. Like in his Two-Face villain form. Right, right. Uh, but I can't knock the performance by Tommy Lee Jones. Like that was cool.
1: That's actually probably one of my favorite movies of Tommy Lee Jones. hmm Same. It's just his, it's like his dry delivery of things. hmm That mm-hmm. gets me. And I, I think this was one of his best performances.
0: I love it. I love Batman forever. I think Val Kilmer was just oozing cool. He was just the smoothest Batman. He... He really brought that Bruce Wayne trauma to the screen. Like, you really felt like he went through some shit. hmm And it, even yes. the creator of Batman at the time said that that was the best portrayal
1: of the character. So. I 100% agree. Yep. And that's an example of a third one is the best because we took our time, guys. We took our time. We found what we needed. It mm-hmm. was perfect. And
0: people give it shit because they're like, oh, uh, it's too, like, childish or the Batmobile can't drive up blah 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 blah. like all right guys Joel Schumacher was given millions of dollars and they said we don't want to go as dark as Burton but we want to go a little campier like the tv show was but for the 90s what would you do with a million dollars and that advice
1: you would have done the exact same thing so fuck off Exactly. And we got 90s Drew Barrymore. Can we not forget about that? She was so cute. She was adorable. This was when I was like all of like I wanted to be Drew. with that wasn't mm-hmm. just me, right? That was a whole thing. Like everyone wanted to be wild flower child Drew Barrymore. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Oh, she she often played characters that I aspired to be, like Josie Geller. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly with her adorable open mouth laugh. I can't. She's perfection. 90s Drew is perfection. What is your next one? Um, I – gosh, which direction should I go? Because now the genres are
0: kind of all over the place, I guess. Um, Okay. Yeah, go all over the place. Well, I can talk about – I've talked extensively about Scream 2, so let's just say that's a given. And if you would like to hear me gush about Scream 2 for two hours, then you can go back uh, a few, like, I guess a few episodes during our spooky season in 2020. I talked quite a bit about Scream 2. So if you're interested, go check that out. But Scream 2, of course, is amazing. Um, it is my favorite Scream film out of all of them. Yeah, just Love it. Uh, love of Schreiber. He gets screen time and lines. <laughs> and uh, yeah. there's the fantastic Dewey dies, but not really. And it's just great. Great story. Um, but in addition to that one, of course, uh, if we want to stay in 90s horror, then another sequel that I really love was actually part seven of the Halloween franchise, otherwise known as Halloween H20 20 years later
1: love it yes okay i remember seeing this one renting it from hollywood videos and absolutely loving this one
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by this point my sisters had already gotten me to watch all of the halloween movies up until that point and then they were like oh they're coming out with a new one and 20 years later and i was like mm-hmm. wait like is it 20 years from the first one or 20 years from the last movie like I was trying to do the math I was I was just like I, I just need clarification guys <laughs> Mind mm-hmm. you, I was, like, I was a kid <laughs> please clarify <laughs> yes, this hilarious. was another one that came out same time like that teen slasher era like this is when like teen slashers were it and so this is another cat. Like, okay, we're going to get some pretty young people like Josh Hartnett and fucking Michelle Williams and the kid from Jumanji. <laughs> like,
1: right. <laughs> the kid from Jumanji. <laughs> and we put them all together. And yes, I love Halloween H2O. That one's awesome. And the music is really good. I, I'm i surprised you haven't covered that one just yet. No. I mean, I,
0: I kind of have this thing where I'm like, I should cover the first one first you know i'm in mean, virgos like yes. i do things in order i understand i understand i understand is that one that you would want to do together oh yes for sure
1: the original yeah we can totally do the original okay cool yeah because
0: i think it's a little too epic for one person
1: Ooh. <laughs> hold on hun. i i'm sorry someone's outside my window with like a motorcycle can we pause for just a second yes can oh i can hear, hear like a rumble yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: hey cool rider All right, let's just pause for a
1: second. Sorry. The only thing I was going to say about that is that I did not realize that that one had an alternative version of that film with extended footage. Of which film? Um, Halloween H2O. I am reading it right now because I looked it up. Um... And it says that the deleted scenes can only be found on YouTube. So I am going to be off to researching that after we finish. Because um, I haven't seen that. Have you? you know,
0: well, you know, one thing that I really wish that they had kept mm-hmm. was how, um, okay, so, oh my gosh. I'm like burying my face in my hands right now because the Halloween timeline is so fucking funny fucked so it's like it's exhausting to try to explain it sometimes you know what I mean it really is yes because I'll be honest
1: I don't even know what year
0: we're in right now with the movies oh yeah I, I don't know apparently this new one's coming out but it's like okay so technically this new one takes place on November 1st just like the second one that you're now trying to erase it's a lot <laughs> all right so I can't keep up Um, obviously we all know the original Halloween 1978, and then I believe it was three or four years later that the sequel came out, she's running around in the hospital, technically takes place on November 1st, and Mm -hmm. Michael Myers is chasing her, and that's when we find, that's when we find out. It's only the second one where we realize that they are brother and sister. The first one makes no reference to that because that really wasn't the plan. So... After the second one, we go to that season of The Witch Thing when it was supposed to become an anthology, but then that didn't really work out. So then part four is the return of Michael Myers, which is quite literally the return of Michael Myers because his character comes back, but Laurie Strode has faked her death. However, before she faked her death, she had a baby named Jamie, Mm -hmm. and now Michael Myers is stalking Jamie, and he stalks Jamie for two and a half movies. And then the last, like the sixth one has to do with her baby. And then part seven is H2O. So there was a scene, and I'm not sure if they filmed it. So maybe it is something that you can find. Okay. But there was a scene originally written in the film where um, there is a girl reading an essay. And Jamie Lee Curtis's character is obviously like the teacher for this class. And the girl is reading... Is reading her essay based on the Michael Myers like babysitter murders and crap like that, and she mentions that like he did uh, eventually come after his niece Jamie Lloyd and da 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 da, and this is the first that Lori is hearing of this, and so it cuts mm-hmm. to her like throwing up in the bathroom because she realizes that Michael
1: killed her daughter. Got you. Okay. I'm realizing I have never seen the third one, Lisa. Season of the Witch.
0: Oh, it's an underrated gem. I think that um, a lot of people wrote it off just because it has nothing to do with Michael. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that it's it's gotten to the point where it's got like a a pretty hefty cult following. So I, you know, oh, I love a good cult following. I would check it out for. It's a little. It it grosses me out, honestly. Like it's a little. Oh. It makes me squirm a little. Oh, so you might enjoy it. I think it's a little dark. Yeah. 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 So check it out if you can find it.
1: Okay. I will definitely. Yeah. I didn't, I did. I was looking at the names and I was like, wait, I haven't seen that one. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that one out.
0: Yes. Do it.
1: And then on the sequel list of, you know, just a quick plug, I did cover Halloween Rob Zombie, which does fall into all of the Halloween franchise. Um, And that was not, ooh, that was 2000, that was 2019 season, right? Wait, Rob Zombie's original Halloween?
0: Or, sorry. Yeah. Gosh, how do you call it? Uh, Rob Zombie's original. That's not even right. Uh,
1: I mean, I was going to say, technically.
0: (laughs) There's so many fucking Halloween movies. Okay, yes. You talked about the Rob Zombie's first Halloween film during our first spooky season yes you did
1: yes so you guys can check that out and technically that falls into the category of a sequel because even though it's a remake it actually falls in line with the michael myers franchise believe it or not
0: yeah i i would consider it a sequel not in the traditional term but in the sense of you knew this character existed here's another movie about this character
1: yes thank you for explaining it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got you.
0: Because that's a lot. <laughs> that that whole fucking timeline is a mess. Like, when they, okay, it's it should have, let's just, I'll just say what everyone's thinking. They should have stopped after H2O because that was
1: perfect. They Yes. Yes. Agreed. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks for saying it. But I'm not going to lie. I am a little excited to see the last one, you know, Halloween Ends. And I feel pretty confident that this is going to be the last one. No, it's not. You can't have a Halloween ends too, David. No, okay? David it, Gordon Green. Um,
0: it no, they uh, they when they did that first. Okay. Oh gosh, can I even call it the first one? <laughs> what the fuck am I saying? Wait, <laughs>
1: we don't even know what number it is. All right, all right, let's go back. Beep. Right. And it somehow turned into a whole all- Halloween episode. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> this is this, no the Halloween franchise is going to get its own B side one day because this is ridiculous. I but to more than one. okay, here's what I have understood: when they first. I think it was either around the time that they were making this Halloween from 2018 or when it came out, Mm -hmm. that's when they were like, we're doing another trilogy. So this one coming up is called Halloween Kills. And then the third one will be Halloween Ends.
1: Oh, okay. So I'm jumping the gun. Got you. Got you. Okay.
0: So, this is a trilogy. So, that means whatever we are about to see in, in the next, when is it
1: coming out? October something, I think? Yeah. Near Halloween. Like, uh, maybe the week before Halloween, I think. Something um, around there.
0: Whatever we see there is not to be believed because there will be a third movie. Just
1: <laughs> kidding. Okay. So, what we're about to see is sequel, like, five times removed.
0: Oh, my god! Is that the correct
1: way to phrase that? this is the oh man it is
0: it is ridiculous
1: okay totally shifting gears I'm gonna take us to a Disney movie uh Pixar Disney that's one of my favorites and I know um this one is not one of well I don't know where Misa stands on this but so let me just say I'm not really a huge fan of the director, but I absolutely love um, Toy Story 3. Uh, who directed that? Lee Unkrich. He, eh, I'm not gonna get into that. There are some issues with like some things that happened with the directing, like personal life and whatever. But he um, is one of he's very known for co-directing like Toy Story 2, also Monsters, Finding Nemo. Um, but this was his like solo movie. Um, but just personally I'm not a fan. Directorially I do like him. Um, he has some good movies. But I'm not going to get into that. That could be a different story. Uh, Toy Story 3 in the um, oh god, what do you call it? The Quad? Is that what you call for? Uh, Saga? Saga. I like it. In the Toy Story Saga, I of course love 1 and 2, but for whatever reason, 3 just hits different. And I don't know if it's because I am a mom. And uh, this movie just tackles that my kid is grown up. You know, he's not really into those toys anymore that he was when he was younger. Um, He's going off to college. Like, I actually watched this movie again today in preparation for um, B-Side. And it had me bawling because it's just such... It's such a real moment to think like my kid is not gonna be with me forever. They've changed so much, and just thinking about all those moments and all those memories from childhood, and seeing it from the perspective of the toys, it really gets you because this toy has always been with Andy, has only has always known Andy, and um, Andy's going on to like a new stage of his life, and to see them go to the daycare and then like all of the issues that happen at Sunnyside. And then the end of the movie when Andy realizes I can either selfishly hold on to my toys that were there for me and so important to me when I was younger. Or I can pass them on to the new generation and let the new generation love them. Like that's a that's the moment where I cry so hard because he's like talking about, you know, they're really special to me. I'm going to start crying now because it makes me think that my oldest is going to be going to college soon. Sorry. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, you still have like, I'm okay. what, four years, three years-ish? Savor them. Yeah, three years, three years. But I mean, it's just, it's the realization. Yeah. I know, I am. And I'm, I'm realizing like how much this movie meant to me when it first came out. Um, There's a scene Where they are, of course, being chased by Lotso, who is the antagonist in the movie. Um, And they're in like the trash compactor, like about to be incinerated. And they think it's the end for them. And they just all like look at each other and they just all grab hands and like are ready to accept whatever fate they have with their best friends. And I know it's so much deeper. Like I'm making it deeper. Um, But in that moment, like, that made me realize just, like, how important friends are to you. Like, I mean, I don't know what I would do without Misa in my life. I wish I could hug you right now. I know. COVID. Fuck. But, I mean, that movie just makes – that movie means so much to me on so many levels. Um, It's just a really emotional movie for me. And I think that's why it means so much. And it has, like, those great – adult humor moments that kind of go over kids heads you know like when barbie sees Ken and she's like great ass (laughs) hot and there is the intentional pause you know um but it's just it's such a good movie and then i love of course they have randy newman back but at the end of the movie they even do like a spanish version of you've got a friend in me which is awesome and there's just a great cast great voices and I love that they constantly bring back the same ensemble voice cast. And I think that speaks a lot that the same voice cast has been in all four, right? That speaks volumes, because we can't say that for all of the sequels or all of the sagas that we see. We see lots of changes. Um, I mean, even, you know, the director is different for this movie, but the the cast is the same. and That, I think, to me, it really does, you know,
0: mean a lot. That's one reason why sequels, I think, get a bad rap is because the higher the number, the fewer the original cast members usually. Mm -hmm. Great point it's always special to see sequels whose cast all come back. Like, for example, like you said, like the Toy Story ones, they all come back. Like, Joan, that's some of Joan Cusack's best work is the Toy Story films.
1: 100%.
0: And then, like, you think, like, uh, as far as, like, horror, like, that doesn't happen a lot in horror. Like, uh, Friday the 13th, they kill the final girl in part two immediately. But, like, Scream. Scream, the fifth Scream movie is about to come out. And guess who is in it? Nev Gamble. Yes. Courtney Cox. Former WCW champion. David Arquette. Like they are all coming. But like and Wes Craven came back for all four of those previous. Leah Schreiber came back. Like mm-hmm. I it really does speak volumes when they come back. Right.
1: It also shows kind of like how important that piece is to the actor. Like, I mean, there's so much to say about Tom Hanks, like he is a huge actor, huge actor, right? Like he's one of the top build, like he is a true method actor. Like there's so many movies of his that have won awards and everyone knows, right? Like he's an actor who most people know. The fact that Toy Mm -hmm. Story 3 and Toy Story franchise saga means so much to him and he's like gone on the record saying like how much it means to him to be able to play Woody and how it has kind of, they thought it would end at two, and then it surpassed like generational expectations, and then a new one came out like years later, the fact that he was so excited to come back, and he spoke about that, um, just how much it meant to him, and how like they, he was like, they didn't even have to ask me, they knew I'd be back, that is, <laughs> it means so much, you know, and then there's been people who, yes, have passed on, and instead of, Um, you know, taking a new person, they actually went through and voiced together pieces from the first and second in order to keep the voice the same. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome that they do that. Um, And before I speak on it, yes, it's Jim Varney, um, who they did that for, they had someone come back in and do like the sounds, but his actual voice they pieced together from his other work in the movies, Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2, which I thought was awesome. Enough Toy Story 3, though. It's, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's
0: a good one. It does get dark, though, toward the end there. Oh, God,
1: yeah. Like, I mean, I'm serious. When they – that scene, like, I can't even – I'm not even going to lie. There's very – I am a crier, naturally. Just, like, I, it just happens. Like, if I'm really angry, I cry. Not because, like, I'm soft, but because, like, I can't, like, ugh, get my emotions out or think of my words when I'm that, you know, like, taking things in. Um, And because I do get so involved in movies. I don't know if that's for everyone. I don't know if that's because I truly love movies. I don't know if that's the same for you, Misa, but, like, movies have the power to make me feel. Feel so much like I feel embarrassed for characters. I feel happy. Like, I mean, I'm stupidly smiling in certain parts and then like bawling in other movies. I cry like I bawled in the theater watching this movie when they were about to die because I thought it was <laughs> the end. And I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe they're ending Toy Story like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was fine and i was smiling you know and then it's like it's it's yeah it's crazy it's crazy so anyways that's that one i gotta do one more yes. i've lost track at this point so yes <laughs> <laughs> same okay my next one is actually one that has uh oh is that seven or technically eight I guess? um is uh harry potter Harry Potter. Ooh. And that one is another one that has a lot of the same people. Um, they all came back. J.K. Rowling did a great job writing the books, and I am a huge Harry Potter nerd, actually. I've read every single book. I've gone to like the midnight opening releases for books, dressed up. Um, I do think the books are better than the movies. But my favorite Harry Potter movie is. Probably The Prisoner of Azkaban, which is our fifth movie in the Harry Potter series. And I don't know if you've seen any of them, Misa. This isn't one that we really talk about a lot. No, I am not an HP person. And that's cool. Um, Again, I actually prefer the books, but I knew I had to watch, you know, the movies. I apologize. I misspoke. This is actually the third one. Please forgive me. Um yeah, nobody I'm come after, after her. I know, right? Sorry, my mind's everywhere. I'm still emotional from Toy Story Three, okay? Aww. <laughs> Sorry, made me to cry. Um, but I, I love the movies specifically for the fact that we get to see the characters age as they did in the books. And I, I read it and I think about like how are they gonna do this? How are they gonna show this on film? Um, because I mean we're talking about The wizard world and we are flying we're playing quidditch you know we're casting spells that kind of thing to have it in my mind i don't know if you've done that before like when you're reading a book and you kind of have a picture in your mind of what the movie or you know they're going to make a movie about it and do you do that also i whenever i'm reading
0: a book it's like a movie in my head
1: okay okay that's what i thought i didn't know if that was like and to me, that's normal. I do not know if that was.
0: Some people really just read. Some people really don't see images. They're just reading and taking it in. Oh. Yeah, everybody's different. So sad. Everybody's different. I don't know.
1: You're right. You're right. So celebrate differences. Okay. Um. So to read the book and then to like have this whole vision in my head of what the movie is going to look like, the reason I chose this one, The Prisoner of Azkaban, is because it really was the closest to what I envisioned as I was reading it. Um, And for those who don't know, so Harry Potter, of course, his parents died fighting um, He Who Must Not Be Named, a.k.a. Voldemort, um, lived with his muggle aunt and uncle who were so abusive, and his weird cousin. And he uh, eventually was rescued by Hagrid who told him that he is actually a wizard and he was invited on his 10th birthday to come and live at oh my god I'm blinking out. Hogwarts. I apologize. I don't know why that skipped my brain. Um but anyways in the third franchise so Harry's kind of been like obviously he hasn't been a part of the wizard world and so he doesn't know a lot about what happened. So that's kind of what he's gaining perspective of as he's at Hogwarts and becoming friends with people who grew up you know in the wizarding world since day one and he's been told that like Sirius Black is not a person to be trusted and this is what that film is about and this film is dark but it also gives Harry a glimpse at like part of his godfather because Sirius turns out to not be the bad person Um, and this movie does have this is when I think we see most of the love connection between Ron and Hermione, which I really love. And we get to see our characters, you know, kind of owning Hogwarts because they're not, I don't know what you call a, the first year. They're not freshmen. Um, they're not first year, you know, they're not second year. They kind of know the ropes. They're in all these really cool um, classes. And we also get the really cool effect from Hermione who is so super smart and so she's taking all these classes. And so she has like this really cool time thing that you can go back in time, however, um, many minutes or however many hours or whatever. And so that's what we see in this film. Um, this is actually also Jason's favorite Harry Potter movie. Oh, who's my youngest child. Yeah, he made us rewatch all of the Harry Potter movies randomly. So we had like Harry Potter week where we would watch a different one each night which was really long, guys, because they're not short films. Um, but yeah, this is the one that he, he liked the most. And yeah, I think this one was not only the closest to the book, but it also, the music is awesome, and the visual effects are what I really love about this film. So yeah, that was my next pick.
0: That is one thing that, like, even though I haven't seen the movies, um, I have tried and uh what i will say is i think that they are very visually stunning and i do think that i remember i was like i think i was in elementary school when the first movie was being casted yes and i remember being in my elementary school library and we heard that like oh there's gonna be harry potter movies and we had this like I don't know what it was. It 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 kind of looked like a scholastic catalog, but it was more like a like a mini magazine about book news or something. Like mm-hmm. I guess with book covers and summaries. I don't know what it was. But we were looking on the back of it and it had a picture of Daniel Radcliffe and what's her face and what's his name and <laughs> and they were so young. They were. they were so little. They were our age and it it just blew my mind. I was like, "Man, and it didn't I didn't even grasp the concept of like there are more books. There's going to be a lot of movies like <laughs> and sure enough, like the fucking world watched them grow up and those movies like those were epic. Like those were like worldwide like it took over.
1: Yes. And I mean, just to for those of you who I don't know, like, who don't know Harry Potter, who don't realize, like, just how big it is, guys, we're talking, like, they grossed over almost $800 million just on this film. $800 million It was insane. On one film. It was insane. And not to mention, yeah. I love Gary Oldman, and he is in this film. And that makes it for me. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if, the like, the Harry Potter hype mania train whatever you want to call it is ever going to be duplicated with anything else like I I think it's even though I'm not a fan it was amazing to grow up at a time when that thing was like the shit like everybody sat in line at midnight to watch those movies Mm -hmm. when they can everybody dressed up it was like it was like the
1: Beatles yes yes it was huge right huge and of course, we had like the moms against Harry Potter because wizarding is against the Bible or whatever. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know if that made it bigger, but I, I absolutely, I just, I love Harry Potter, and to me, it's timeless. And you know how you go back and watch older movies, um, and you're like, oh wow, I can't believe like they did that for that film, or like that editing, or that animation, or that CG is really bad. Even watching Harry Potter, like when we did. Um, I feel like it was in July I think it was um when we watched it um I still think it is amazingly filmed the CG is still fantastic
0: yeah consider especially when you consider like the first one came out in early 2000s and CGI was still being figured out and those movies still look amazing
1: yeah yeah so so yeah, I don't know if that's like everyone else's. I mean, I know there's a lot of Harry Potters to choose from, but um that one for me is just it's it's the closest to the book, and I think that's why it is my favorite. Like I could watch that one over and over again.
0: Yeah, Gary Oldman is the man. <laughs> God,
1: he's such a good actor. Such a good actor.
0: He's great. Uh is it my turn, I guess? I don't know. Yes,
1: I, oh, I don't I know anymore. I don't know. I last track. Okay. How how many more do you have? So I have two more. And I realized like I'm God, I don't even know if I want to talk about mine. I feel like I'm boring. Let me let me rethink. Hold on, because I feel like I didn't realize. I feel like they are all Marvel movies. And so I'm just going through my list really quickly right now to make sure. Okay. Okay, no. No, I have I have one that's not. Okay. I'll do that one next don't judge me I'm not judging
0: there, there is nothing if your whole list was Marvel nobody would judge you for that
1: my nerd is showing it's, that's
0: okay. <laughs> uh, we have a podcast where we research soundtracks I think our nerd is just flailing around like pits. is it is it I thought that was cool I talk about it all the time <laughs> I mean I'm, I think it's already a given that we're nerds because we have this podcast about things. right Okay, real
1: quick, shameless plug. So I had to ask Misa, I was like, hey, what is your like ultimate favorite movie? And this is a really hard question for me. It was one of the things that we had to do, like our new teacher to the school orientation. And I was like, well, what's the genre? And they were like, I don't understand your question. And I was like, how can one just choose one singular movie out of all of the genres, all of the times? all of the styles, like, I'm going to need to know a genre here before I can just pick a movie all willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, well, no one has ever asked us that. And I was like, well, I have a podcast about movies with my best friend. You should totally check it out. He's on City, as I announced it to all 300 of the employees at my school. Nice. <laughs> because size. I couldn't come up with just one movie. And that is how the world found out that I am, in fact, a huge nerd. <laughs> So shameless nerd plug. Sorry. That is adorable. Did you make a lot of friends that way? Uh yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would say friends, but sure acquaintances. <laughs> <laughs> and I do know some of the people added our podcast though because they they went to Instagram immediately. Um. So yeah, we got some new followers. So we, hey, new followers. I know. We're so happy you're here. <laughs> Thanks for Uh, not judging uh, me. uh, I'm being a nerd.
0: (laughs) No, no one's judging you. This is a judgment-free, this is a safe space. It is, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, you go. There are so many sequels that you and I could just talk about, so I think that we might have to revisit this topic at some point. So I think it's okay if I leave off a few of my lists. I'll save them for next time.
1: Okay. (laughs) I'm intrigued, though. (laughs) Okay, I'll see. We'll see what we have time okay, okay, for. I accept.
0: I feel like I should talk about the sequel that actually inspired this topic. Oh gosh, yes. And uh, part of the reason why we are talking about sequels today, uh, sequels in general, sequels we love, sequels we don't like, etc. I was having a backyard smoke session with a friend of mine, and she said that she saw someone on Twitter talking about how Grease Two was better than the first Grease. and i agreed <laughs> and she was shocked to hear this she was just like i've never seen Greece 2 you think how why did why do you think it's better and i i went on this entire I was like no, let me show you. <laughs> so, <laughs> let me let me pull out my list. The very next day, I was in her backyard. I brought over my DVD and we watched Grease 2 and I it was so much fun. It's always fun to introduce your favorite movie. I mean, I'm sure you feel that way with your kids all the time. Like you get to introduce your kids to your favorite movies and you get to watch them enjoy it and see how they react to it. And that's always kind of Yeah. It is. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And so I was really excited to, like, introduce her to this movie or whatever. Um, And so in so many ways, like, I've always felt like I liked Grease 2 better. uh, And I have my reasons. And um, should we reveal what
1: we're doing next, by the way? (laughs) Ooh, yes. Okay, that's, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Go just ahead,
0: right now, right here, out, out in the open.
1: Right here, right now, just do it. Bear it all, bear it all, Misa. Okay. <laughs> Side
0: note, people, but uh, the next time you hear from myself and Frankie, we will be back to our regularly scheduled format. However, it will be our second birthday. Oh, my God, we're two. Ah, September 12th. And so on September 12th, you can expect on the airwaves. Our collaborative episode of Soundtrack City all about the music featured in (gasps)
1: Greece. (laughs) Guys,
0: Greece is the word. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh my god. (laughs)
1: I can't tell you how excited I am to cover Greece with you, Misa.
0: It's just a grind.
1: Sorry, I'm sorry. Love it. (laughs) Love it. No, please. I'm excited.
0: I'm excited. Fuck yeah. I think that Greece is something that uh, all of us have grown up with one way or another. And I'm excited to, to examine the music and get a closer
1: look at it. So excited. I can't wait to hear all the research Misa finds. Um, and oh my gosh, You the picture you posted the other day, Misa, I was dying. Grease the musical based off of a whatever from The Simpsons. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Dude, okay. Lately, I have been watching The Simpsons in order. I began season one, episode one. I'm currently somewhere in the middle of season 17. And I'm still laughing. I'm still going through them. I think that they're they have they're still really good quality. And one of the more recent episodes I watched had this amazing sight gag. I think it is officially my favorite sight gag ever. It was Bart is trying to run into the theater. It's like a community theater, and the marquee outside says, "Grease to the musical based on the sequel to the movie based on the musical. <laughs> and it was so perfect. It was <laughs> it was hilarious. I was dying. It was hilarious. although, The one thing that bothered me is once he gets inside and you see all the greasers and the pink ladies on stage, there are hot rods in the background. But that is inaccurate because in Greece 2, they were on motorcycles. Yeah. 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 So uh, I hope somebody got fired for that blunder inaccuracies not acceptable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and so don't get me wrong as I go into this next sequel I do love Grease the soundtrack but but I I me personally and this is just my opinion and it is okay if nobody agrees but I I just find that Grease 2 has a better story better characters
1: and um. <clears throat> yeah a better soundtrack and you know what Misa we may have to go ahead and just dive into this one more in depth eventually because maybe I just haven't given it the chance it deserves
0: you know I can help you see the light
1: Please, child. show
0: me the light just to let I me believe. let me I believe I want to introduce you to <laughs> this wonderful new world <laughs> Where Greece too gets the recognition it deserves, and for the four small payments of fourteen ninety nine, totally worth it,
1: guys. I would have sold my left femur. So I love funny. it. I love Anyways,
0: it anyway. Um dramatization no offers are actually valid
1: oh my god you just totally took me back to 90s for real
0: (laughs) dramatization may not have happened okay so I mean I have my list right here in front of me as to why I like Grease 2 better I feel like it would take me some time to go through them all and I don't feel like it would be completely fair considering Grease is our next episode (laughs) um but there are a few things that I'll I'll touch upon if that's okay. By the way, guys, if you haven't seen Grease 2, you can rent it on Amazon for like three bucks, I think. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. I love Grease 2. I love Grease 2. I don't, th- I don't think uh, a lot of people know that it even exists. It did not do well. It is a box office bomb for sure. But like Halloween 3, it does have a following. There is like a cult following. Like there is an appreciation for it. And it's growing more and more. So I'm not so sure if it's fair to call it underrated at this point because it is slowly getting the recognition that it deserved all along. Right, right. When did you see Grease too?
1: Honestly, I saw it in, I want to say, like, late 90s. And I believe it was, um, we rented it randomly because I honestly am one of those people who did not realize it existed. And when it did, I was like, okay, I do know who Michelle Pfeiffer is. So I was like, let me give it a chance. Um, But I guess I just, I couldn't get past, because I will be honest of like just going ahead and blurting this out instead of waiting for our episode. I am like a huge Grease nerd. Like I loved the movie so much. Like I had the script. I had like all the extra scenes. I had, like, the filming behind it. Like, Grease is my jam. Um, and I just felt like the second one, like, couldn't touch it. You know, I had Grease on this pedestal, which may be why I kind of have, like, those, you know, rose-colored glasses. Like, I don't see the great potential of Grease Um I love Michelle Pfeiffer in it. Like, I love her look and everything. I'm not a huge fan of all the songs. And I think that's where it lacks for me. But I haven't watched it since then. So I do feel like I need to give it, I owe it that. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well,
0: the 40th anniversary is next year. So maybe they'll do something special or. Oh my God, I wonder if they're going to have it at the um, drive in movie. Dude, if they're not doing something, we need to do something.
1: Oh, we can totally do it in my yard. Yeah. (laughs) We could do like a double feature. Yeah. Oh my God. And you know what? Don't it, get me so crazy, Lisa.
0: I was going to save this news for our grease episode, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Say it. I ordered a pink lady jacket and
1: it's on the way. <gasps> oh my God. Mm-hmm. I am so jealous and so excited for you at the same time. I can't wait to see pictures.
0: Oh my gosh, I can't wait to wear it. It's going to be so cute. I mean, mind you, I've I've had a pink lady costume before, but this one, like, this one I found on a costume website, and it legit looks like, because, okay, here's one reason why. I'll just get into it now. Um, One reason why I love Grease 2 better than Grease 1, the pink lady jackets are just better. Period. They're better. The uh, the exterior is made of silk. The inside is black leather and it's reversible. And this is what she does during Cool Rider. She takes it off and she reverses it and it becomes a black leather jacket. And that's exactly what the Halloween costume I ordered does. It reverses.
1: Now that one I will give you because I do
0: love the jackets better. I think they're beautiful. Um, so first off, one of the reasons why Grease 2 means so much to me is because it was part of my summer vacation tradition to watch this movie. I summer vacation for me was filled with movies, music videos, all kinds of shit, just like yours was, I'm sure. And Uh so one of my traditions was not only to watch this during my summer vacation, but it was also my end of summer vacation tradition to watch this because that fantastic opening number back to school again by four tops, it just, it, it pumped me up. It made me feel excited for school starting again, even though school starting again wasn't always that exciting because it meant that summer was over. And I didn't necessarily hate school, but you know, no one ever really wants summer to end. Ever. Oh yeah. And you're a teacher, so
1: you know exactly what I'm fucking talking about.
0: I love my job,
1: but I love my summers. (laughs)
0: because mm-hmm. that, that's when you get that breather like teachers work such a consistent schedule such a demanding and it's not even just being a teacher it's being a caregiver it's being a um a nurse it's right. you know it's so many things in it one. really is
1: especially my position like I do so much throughout the day. That it's not even like just regular teacher stuff it's it's a lot so yeah I very much enjoy my summer so I completely agree with you on that Mesa
0: yeah, and just a PSA: When COVID is over, hug your sped teachers, guys. Please hug okay. us. <laughs> <laughs> they deserve yeah. it. Um, and so, a uh, couple other things about Greece too that I love, um, of course. I think we all grew up wanting to be a pink lady or a T-bird who didn't want a jacket like that, to be in a group like that. To rule the school. How fucking cool right. are they? So Oh, my cool. God. To be the coolest kids in school. Oh, my God. Fuck yeah. And, like, Grease too. I love that they went the talent show route instead of the dance mm-hmm. route because, you know, high school movies and dance scenes – they go so hand-in-hand. Hand. I liked that it went in a different direction. Um, Grease 2's characters are a little more fleshed out. I feel like the Pink Ladies and the T-Birds in Greece kind of get lost in the background, whereas in Greece 2, each of them has their own storyline. We know what's going on in each of their relationships, and they all come to a resolution at the end. Uh, I think a lot of that gets lost in Grease. Uh, Marty doesn't get fleshed out very well. Jan and Putsy get kind of lost. In- they, I think they have maybe two or three lines in the whole film, and then that's it. Like, yeah, it's you know, like apple pie. I, I, I like that the characters are a lot more present in the sequel. And so, uh, honestly, like Greece 2, I like Adrian Zemed better than John Travolta. I I think that Danny is so obsessed with his image and he just tries to be so cool and he's such an asshole. But Johnny is not afraid to be vulnerable. He's sad, he's angry, he's jealous, he's happy. We watch him grow as a character. Danny to me doesn't really change in Greece. Danny doesn't learn from his mistakes. It bothers me that Danny's the asshole. Why does Sandy have to change?
1: Good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. good point. And I will say, um, I agree with you. Like Danny's kind of stagnant and kind of just playing a role. Um, and I'm sorry, I forget his name. The guy in Greece too. I think he's cuter.
0: Are you talking about the lead guy, Maxwell Caulfield? No, the other one, oh, the equivalent of Danny. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, Johnny Nagarelli. Yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a cutie. Yeah. I mean, I think I do. Okay, that's one thing where I'll give it Greece. John Travolta is a very good-looking guy, but he is not better-looking than Maxwell Caulfield, the leading Absolutely man. Absolutely not. Agreed with you, Maxwell. The cool rider. Yeah, no, Maxwell is definitely hotter. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, on top of that, John Travolta is a weirdo Scientologist. Maxwell Caulfield is at least tweeting about saving the whales. Okay, let's <laughs> – he automatically wins there. Misa win. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, so many other, I mean, I, I love the female lead, but I love Michelle Pfeiffer, the badass, the strong girl, the one who makes her voice heard over Sandy, the doormat, vanilla. Mm-hmm. I don't find Danny or Sandy likable. Oh, okay. But that's just me.
1: Fair point. I feel like Sandy's kind of soft, if I'm being honest. Sandy's a pushover, is to me. Right? Like, I feel like she doesn't you know stand up for herself and um Michelle Pfeiffer is in uptown funk so i mean she kind of wins there
0: Michelle Pfeiffer's amazing she, however she's really not proud of grease 2 which just devastates me because you know it, it's it's a great feminist cult classic at this point Oh she's not no she doesn't really like to talk about it from what I understand. She's not proud of it. It was right before she did Scarface. I was going to say, remind me where it is in like her timeline. Wasn't it one of her earlier movies? This is her first feature film. The other films that she'd been in before this were made for TV.
1: Okay, that's why. Okay. Okay. Thank you. That's what I thought, but I wasn't completely sure. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: very early on in all their careers, and that's why when it bombed, you know, no one really became a star the way John Travolta did, the way Jeff Conway did, the way, you know, mm-hmm. um, Olivia Newton-John was already kind of a star, but then she just, like, whoosh, took off. I yeah, she think. just took off, yeah. Yeah, like, it made them, like, that solidified their places in pop culture, and that's one thing that I will give Greece until the end of the world. It really is an iconic Film based on an iconic musical, like nothing will ever take the place of Greece. Nothing will ever be like Greece again.
1: Yeah, and an iconic era, too. I mean, it's so untouchable. Like the whole style, the vibe, like everything about it, it's just, it's amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I could go on and on and on,
0: honestly. Uh, but one last thing that I will say, and I think that is important uh, as far as the differences between Greece and Greece, too. Um, I like that in the sequel, the rival gang actually play a part in the conflict of the story and in the climax. And so I recently wrote a blog about Grease 2 and my love for it. So I went ahead and pulled a quote from it because I feel like it's pretty much articulated here really well. Um, but essentially in Grease 2, the way it ends is that the rival biker gang tries to infiltrate their end-of-year party, and that's when Maxwell Caulfield, the cool writer who everybody thought was dead, shows up on his awesome bike, and he chases them off, and he wins the war, and it's super cool, and then they find out that it was Michael. And awesome ending, right? Um, (laughs) So... But the difference with yeah. Greece, <laughs> The difference with Greece is that uh, Kaniki is kind of in this... Uh, they're butting head. The T-Birds are butting heads with the Scorpions. And it's all about the cars. And they're souping up this car. And they want to win at Thunder Road. And to me, the story lacks a bit because that conflict does not intertwine at all with the Danny and Sandy conflict. Uh, so... One thing that I wrote on my blog, and begin quote, in Greece, the turf war isn't even in the backseat of Danny and Sandy's story. It's more like trapped in the trunk with muffled screams here and there to remind us it's alive. The race at Thunder Road in Greece did not directly affect Danny's relationship with Sandy. Maybe if there had been some kind of it's the car or me argument because he spent so much time on it, yeah. Maybe if the rival gang threatened Sandy, that could have been interesting. If the rivals were trying to recruit Danny and Sandy didn't want him to get involved with that, maybe that would have worked too. But no, nothing at Thunder Road mattered to the overall plot.
1: I think that is beautifully written, Misa. And for someone who's not a true believer, I definitely am going to be giving Grease 2 a chance.
0: Please do. The one reason why I do uh, suggest something like Amazon is because if you're watching on a desktop and you're watching Grease 2 and you rent it, um, if you move your cursor, it'll give you little movie facts on the side. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a little history lesson. And, and there's some really cool facts about Greece too. So if you would like to give it a chance and you want to learn more about it at the same time, rent it on a platform like Amazon and you'll get those little facts. I know IMDb does the same thing because I think it's some kind of partnership with Prime. Um, So when you watch movies on IMDb, it does the same thing. And whoever is on screen, the actor profile shows up on the side as well. So that's helpful too. That is awesome. I had no idea. Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, let me know if you watch Grease too. I would love to hear your
1: updated thoughts. I definitely, definitely will. I just, again, you know, sometimes you watch movies in like a different time of your life and it just doesn't resonate with you. But um, I, I really think like I really do love Michelle Pfeiffer and I remember Maxwell being like absolutely gorgeous as well as what's his name? Sorry for not remembering his name. But <laughs> Adrian's Med him <laughs> I'm glad you know who I mean. Um so yeah, I definitely I definitely think I need to give it a better chance. Um because it could totally resonate with me now and I could feel it now and just appreciate it for the the movie that it is. So And let me just clarify that I
0: am in no way saying that Grease is a bad movie at all, just because I prefer part two. That is not at all what I... If you love Grease, I love you for that. That is awesome. Grease is an amazing film. But just for my personal taste, what I grew up with, I also happened to grow up with Grease too, and I gravitated to it more. Some people will do that. Uh, but I still think that Greece has such a special place in media and pop culture and American history in general, really, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so big and ingrained, you know. Uh you see those icons, you see the pink lady logo or the T bird logo, you know exactly where that's from. You see someone with a Rydell shirt, you know exactly what movie that came from. Like Greece is so big and it's just gonna continue to be big. And like they just did that live Greece thing a few years yes. ago. Like mm-hmm. it's just it's amazing what what Greece has become. It's really cool. So um all respect to Greece, absolutely, as as a whole. But as far as my personal opinion,
1: I would bend over backwards to watch Greece too instead. I definitely think. <laughs> see and now like i'm gonna have to watch it again i definitely agree with you though greece has like a very special place in pop culture we both had like the younger experience with greece and like had the scripts and everything like just total Grease nerds and i think that it comes from our love of musicals honestly um but i i i am convinced i am going to have to watch greece 2 again and give it a better chance so uh Yay. you got one person on your side love almost almost
0: I mean again you you don't have to like it better but you know if you give it a chance
1: um you know maybe watch them back to back see how you feel that would be cool I I think I actually would enjoy that just to see like the timeline together I don't know if anyone else enjoys doing that but I love watching things in order um so yeah (laughs) oh yeah
0: yeah I prefer to watch things in order I feel like that's That's just the right
1: way, (laughs) which is one of the reasons I don't like the Star Wars trilogies because it's not, or Star Wars whatever franchise because it's not in order, and that irks me. That's
0: one of you. You know what? I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I mean, we can talk about. That's one of the ones I don't like. Okay. For my sequels, not Mm -hmm. better than the. Well, I don't like any of them. So. Mm -mm. Yeah, I'm just not a fan. We agree. Nah. Nah,
0: Star Trek though. Hey. Hey.
1: Okay, Star Trek. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> you got me there. You got me there. And I can do the hand thing, so I like it. Yep, yep, same, same. Live long and prosper. <laughs> We're so special. All right, my turn? Yeah. Okay, my next one, I hope you have seen. I feel like you have. Um, My next one is the third installment by a fantastic director that we took, like, two and a half episodes to cover one of his other movies, John Hughes.
0: I love
1: National Lampoons Christmas Vacation.
0: This is on my list too!
1: Yay! <laughs> so excited. Yes. It's, it's the third movie, but I feel like I feel like we see these Christmas movies where everything is like so perfect and like just not realistic for American families or traditional like you know just everyday families and I feel like John really captured what the everyday family like actually goes through during Christmas like it's not this perfect like Hallmark picturesque scene you know what I mean like it's like the weird relatives coming and shit gets messed up because you lose your job or something unexpected happens and, you know, you're fighting with your neighbor about whose lights are better. It just, it, to me, it's, it's the perfect holiday movie. I absolutely love. This is one of those Christmas
0: movies that, like, I will watch any time of year. Always makes me laugh. It is a must at Christmas season. It is such a classic. All four of the National Lampoon with Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo films are fantastic. Yes. But definitely it took it took me a while to appreciate Christmas vacation because the continuity as far as how the kids looked bothered me at first mm-hmm. but I just happen to love Johnny Galecki and Juliet Lewis that much that I'm willing to ignore it.
1: They uh, they're perfect.
0: They, I love them. So funny. So funny. Uh Clark her eyes are
1: frozen. <laughs> It's the hilarious one-liners to me that I just, I love. Like, Beverly is, she's awesome. She's so, she's like, it's Christmas and we're all in misery. (laughs) But I'm going to say it happy. And so it's okay. Like, I, I love her. I love her. And I completely agree with you. Like, it absolutely is a must. And it is a movie that, like, My dad and I always watch A Christmas Story, because it's on 24 Hours, and then we watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and I think, again, this is something that I hold kind of in nostalgia, because my dad is the reason I watch this movie, my dad is also a big movie buff, so this is another one that just means something special to me, besides it being a great film, it has that kind of um, familial ties, if you will. Like my dad, like I said, it is tradition for us. A Christmas Story and then Christmas Vacation.
0: That's a great afternoon. Those are two fantastic films to watch on Christmas. Like I would not want to watch anything. Those are such comedy classics.
1: Right? I mean, those are just like the perfect quintessential like 80s, 70s Christmas movies. You know what I yes. mean? And I feel like they're just, they're timeless. Even though they were filmed years ago. Like. We still deal with, I got a crappy gift from someone from a Christmas story, or I didn't. The bonus I was expecting, I didn't get. You know, um, or like I said, like my weird family came in. Like I can't tell you how much that resonates with me. And I, I just, I love Clark. <laughs> it's a great film, and John Hughes did so good writing it. And I mean, I love the whole National Lampoon's Tran, um franchise, I guess, because there's, what, four or five? So I guess technically there
0: are six because Cousin Eddie got his own movie after Vegas. Um, Oh, okay. That Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I know that Cousin Eddie got his own movie after Vegas. I do not know how many movies Cousin Eddie got after Vegas. I want to say it was one, but now I'm wondering if it was at least two. And then there was like the quote-unquote reboot starring the guy from The Office and The Hangover. And he's Rusty. Oh, like an aged Rusty. Yeah, so instead of Anthony Michael Hall, who would have been the original actor in the first one, it was that guy, and he's Rusty Griswold. And he took his family on a vacation.
1: Okay, got you, got you. And I mean, I'm not, um, I'm not harping on like the uh, animal house because that was technically the second one, right? Technically, it is the second um, and by far the most successful because it was uh, made for movie TV called Disco Beaver from Outer Space, which is the intercontinental, intercontinental lampoon. Um, I love Animal House, but it's just, again, I think it's just something about the Christmas time that I love. And then if we're going, like, I just, just, it's classic to me. It's a classic movie, cult classic, if you will. I'm so glad we had that on both of our lists. (laughs) Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I love it, I love it. So, yeah, so that's my other one. And then um, my next one, I don't know if, I don't know if it's just me, um, and please forgive me if I upset you for saying this, because <laughs> I know it's an unpopular opinion, but my next one, um, I I like Godfather 2 better than the original. Don't hate me. That
0: That is not an unpopular opinion by any means. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> okay, good. And I feel like this is just one of those where, um, you know, kind of like it aged it aged better, if, if you know what I mean. Like the storyline, like we were talking about earlier, the storyline got better. You know, um, everything just got better with the second one,
0: right? I do think that there are many things in addition to, yes, absolutely. I agree with you. And on top of that, I feel like, the cinematography was a lot more beautiful. And then we got deeper into the background of Vito Corleone and, and it was really cool to see the dual like story backstory between like Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, like two of who became the greatest actors of all time of all time. And it's such a compelling film to see them. Like they never share the screen cause they're from two different timelines, but it's, it's just, I think it is so, it just blows my mind that like Marlon Brando played this iconic character and won the Oscar. And then Robert De Niro played the same character and won the Oscar. Like, right? what an amazing group of actors for a project. Like, that is, it's just incredible. Yes. Godfather 2 is so much more like beautiful, aesthetically mm-hmm. pleasing a uh, better story. Um, Like, remember in Scream 2, they're talking about sequels, and they say, like, Godfather Part right. 2 is better than the original. Like, yes, 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 yes.
1: It is, to me, yes. And I feel like Francis like, totally owned it. And I mean, it showed 11 Academy Awards, and this I had to look up because I wanted to make sure, became the first sequel to win for Best Picture. So, I mean, I know I'm not in the... Total unpopular opinion, but you know some people still don't allow this to show that sequels can be better. It won six Oscars, including Best Director for Francis, and like you said, I mean De Niro, like Coppola, like everyone won these awards for. Like this is, it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, AFI ranked it the thirty second greatest film in American film history, and it still holds that title.
0: That's amazing. I'm glad that it gets that recognition because it really does deserve it. Like I remember, um I don't I think it was AMC at one point. They showed all three godfathers, but they spliced it to where the Robert De Niro stuff was in the beginning. So they did it timeline continuity. Like <gasps> you know Ooh. what I mean? Yeah. And okay. It was I like that. Really cool. It was really cool to see because the very first, like, obviously it ends up being like a what, six, seven hour block of films or something like that. Right, 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 right. Um, so when they aired it and it was like, okay, presents the Godfather and it starts off with the train and it starts off with like young Vito Corleone and it is so freaking cool to see it like in the order that the events actually happen.
1: That is so freaking cool. cool. I did not know that. That is awesome. That's really awesome. Such a good movie. So, yeah, I know it's not super unpopular, but at the same time, it's kind of controversial because people still don't want to recognize that, yes, this is Godfather 2, and yes, it is on a pedestal, so I get what you're saying, like, that it's not every movie can be Godfather 2, but, I mean, this movie really is, like, the epitome of showing that the sequel can be better than the original. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. Good choice. Good choice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay, so I have two more. And... Um, Oh, one thing that I do want to add, a kind of an extension of Christmas Vacation, I also love Vegas Vacation. Okay, yes, agreed, agreed. It's probably my favorite out of the four Chevy Chase Vacation films. But yeah, like, I love Vegas Vacation. When I was in Vegas, I actually had the soundtrack just looping and looping and looping. Not that I even had to, because when you're walking the streets of Vegas, there is literally music coming out of the street. Really? Yeah, they literally have speakers up and down the strip, outside.
1: Oh, that is awesome.
0: So it's like the I, outside.
1: I haven't been It's be. kind of
0: like the Roxbury. It's like where the outside is the inside. <laughs> <laughs> I love I that I knew that you movie. would appreciate that. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> we should totally be the night at the Roxbury Brothers one day for Halloween. Oh, my God. Can we please? I freaking love it we'll put more thought into it and we'll make it happen yes 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 do you do you want to be Will Ferrell because I'll I'll be Chris Kattan
1: I'll totally be Will Ferrell I'll totally okay
0: but you have to do (laughs) Catan.
1: oh my god I just love that freaking movie like seriously me and my sister quote the she approved approved all the time
0: (laughs) we're gonna have to get like really really
1: big cell phones oh my god do you think we can find them I think we can. Maybe at an antique store. Yes. Okay. Or even like on eBay. I'll start looking right away. I'm invested. (laughs) It's happening. It's totally happening.
0: So my last two. These are my last two. Um, So one sequel that I really, really love. And maybe this is going to get me some flack. So, you know, if you respected my opinion of movies and soundtracks before, maybe this is where you'll stop. (laughs) Because... <laughs> the Twilight movies may not be Oscar worthy, and no one really needs them to be either. No one asked much of them. I mean, the books are kind of shit, so the movies were going to be a replica of shit. But those soundtracks
1: are baller
0: as fuck. Agreed. Yes, yes. And so if I had to choose, If I had to choose one movie to watch, I will always, always, always choose the second in the saga, New Moon.
1: Same. There you go. There you go. Why do you love New Moon? Tell me. Okay, so I love New Moon because this is the one where they go to Italy, correct? Hold on. I want to make sure that I'm getting everything Mm -hmm. correct on this. Yes. So at the end. Yes. Okay. So I love this one because um, I feel like we meet more of Edward's family, but also we see Bella like extremely depressed and isolated for so long. And the music alone to me is amazing. I love how we see um, Jacob's like tribal friends and how Bella like I, I, okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm Team Jacob. I don't know if you are. Same Z. Okay. Team
0: Jacob all the way. So, to
1: me, this movie holds Team Jacob to, like, where it should be. Um, And as much as I love long hair, and you can attest to this, I think he is so handsome when he cuts his hair. He looks great in this film.
0: Right? I love that, like... I remember at the time that it was being filmed and, like, they had their doubts about Taylor Lautner being able to beef up for Jacob in part two. So he made it a point to beef the fuck up because he was going to be Jacob in part two.
1: Seeing him, I was like, oh, good Lord, I now have a crush on werewolves. Um, Yeah, like, I mean, total difference from what was he in, Sharkboy? So grown. I mean... Like I said, the music is awesome, but I, I really love the fact that this one was more about Bella and Jacob. And then we just see those touches of Edward at first until she, like, starts to be, like, more rambunctious and jumping off this cliff and everything. Um, and then when he travels to Italy, I actually really love, like, the whole um, – the what are they called? The, the – voltori coven like the higher vampire oh my gosh i'm blanking out Who is the name of the main voltori who is that who is that oh was that michael sheen i fucking love him i love him his facials are perfection to me like he is amazing in this movie Mm -hmm. him and dakota fanning are so cold Oh, my God, yes. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I love his dry laugh and his little, like, just these little ticks, if you will. I absolutely love them because we get to see those other sides of those vampires. Um, And like you said, the coldness of them, like, wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. But totally, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, this movie to me, um, again, I think it just aged well. The first one, I felt, um, and I don't know if this is the right word, I feel like it's kind of rushed. Like, I don't feel like they truly paid as close attention to the plot of the story for the first one. There's a lot of, like, inaccuracies if you read the book. Um, And I don't feel like Kristen did her best in the first one. Not that she's an awesome actress anyways. Um, But the first one to me was just lackluster. So, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. The second one is absolutely my favorite, and it has the best soundtrack. Oh, oh, my gosh.
0: The soundtrack is such fucking perfection. I have it on vinyl, and I love, I love that soundtrack. It is so perfect for fall weather, perfect for a gray, rainy day. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I I think my favorite out of all of them Has to be herring damage by Tom York. I love that scene where Victoria is stalking Harry and then she
1: kills him. Oh, it's so
0: delicious. Like, oh, it's so good.
1: I I seriously, like, I could that whole soundtrack is phenomenal.
0: And then as far as the movie overall, I think that the story in New Moon is so much stronger like i feel like the villain is much more present there's the looming danger of the volturi there's mm-hmm. bella against herself her depression then there's the lingering presence of victoria and laurent and yeah. and it's and how the j the murder of james is going to come back to haunt her like there's so much more danger in the first one it's like he's a vampire and it's dangerous and i love him and there's your conflict, and then James is somewhere in the background sometimes. The stakes are not nearly as high. And uh, I mean, maybe maybe everyone was still kind of getting comfortable with their characters, and so by New Moon, they kind of knew Bella and Edward a little better. Um, mm-hmm. But another thing that I really love, when you compare New Moon to Twilight, Twilight is very cool. Twilight has this very blue hue. Everyone looks kind of bluish. Everyone wears lots of blue. You know, it takes place in Seattle, which is very rainy. So there's just lots of overcast and, and cooler colors happening in the palette. When you switch to New Moon, there's already kind of that passion present because Bella and Edward have been in love for a year now. And the hues in New Moon are so much warmer. Like as soon as that orange moon pops up on the title card and then we're in Bella's dream and she's in this field and like she looks a little more fleshed out and her hair is vivid brown and she's wearing this olive green and just the colors that surround this film And the characters themselves, like even werewolves, like Jacob is said to be very hot. When she touches his skin, he's super warm. And you get that with the color palettes used in New Moon. Everything is orange and yellow and bright. And there's just, I don't know, like just the color differences themselves. Like you can really tell. And that's another reason why I'm team Jacob. There's a certain warmth that comes from Jacob that we get to see because it is mostly surrounded around her friendship with him
1: yes agreed even the um the movie poster that they put out was very orange and warm like you talked about like it was a very different um, picture for the for the movie than the first one yeah
0: and I love that kind of like as the movies progress they do start to get darker like um I didn't I didn't really like Eclipse and that's the last movie I mm-hmm. actually watched. New Moon to me, none of them really compare. I think that it overall is is the better film with the better music and the characters are a lot more relatable. I think every girl can kind of relate to being heartbroken or
1: ghosted or
0: abandoned or just in her mm-hmm. feelings. Like I get that.
1: I um I definitely agree and I have I have seen all of them um and read all the books so I will say I mean even as someone who's seen all of them I I still think the second one is the best hell yeah man
0: and don't be surprised if one day you hear about the new moon soundtrack on this podcast. yeah <laughs> fuck yeah and then my very last one but not least one of course um I am a big rocky Balboa fan. <gasps> And uh, I love the character. I love the story. I've watched all of the movies. And I'm a big fan of all the movies. I love part one, two. I love part three. Part four is my least favorite. But everyone else seems to love part four the most, at least from what I've gathered. Mm -hmm. And I get it. But I'm like, I don't. I'm not a big fan of part four. Part four is great. But I'm not a big fan of it. I even love part five, and part five is shit, And I love part five. That's how big a rocky fan I am. You're so funny. <laughs> but I have to say that if I had to choose out of all the rocky films, and I'm going to exclude Creed and Creed 2, because I think they're in a class.: of I was going to say, Do you include them or not? Yeah, okay. If I had to choose out of all six rocky movies, my favorite all-time, absolutely is. Part two really love part two. It's, it's the best one. I love it. I love it. A sequel that surpassed its original. Absolutely. Part two. Rocky two. I will
1: actually like, I think I'm in the same as you because that's the one that I remember the best. Like I remember Rocky because again, my dad, um, but the second one, I feel like I remember the most, and I don't know if it's because of like I know that's so weird, but the thing that stuck to me most was like him the um what did he have the surgery for? I'm blinking out, I'm sorry, oh well, um,
0: Adrian was in the hospital because she um like gave birth early, yes,
1: okay, sorry, yes, um, and that to me was something that, like, really scared me. I don't know why, probably when I saw it, but that's the one that I remember the most. And when I look back at Rocky, like, I, I find myself confusing one and two quite a bit.
0: Um, They are, I will say that the first two are so similar to each other because Rocky is still kind of in that same persona where, like, he still didn't know how to read. He really only knew how to fight. Uh, he was still very, like, Early on in his career, him and Adrian barely get married in the second one. Like, um, I remember when I watched part three, at first I didn't like it because the tone had shifted so much. Like, Rocky was wearing suits and Rocky was articulate. And I had fallen in love with kind of the bumbling, adorably dumb Rocky from one and two. You know what I mean? Right,
1: right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so I I think that it's totally understandable to confuse 1 and 2 because Rocky is so similar like he grew as a character but he didn't evolve so much as a character so 1 and 2 very very much run in with each other as far as themes uh character design uh more more or less the plot like It's not until part three when he really starts to like pick up steam and he kind of changes.
1: Yes. And I think that's why I do like the second one. Because again, I feel like it's still like similar enough to the first one. Um, But they've kind of honed in on their character and had the chance to explore that character, if you will. I
0: think that there's so much about part two that's just awesome. Um, I mean, first of all, he marries Adrian, which right? Is so sweet. And the way he proposes is so sweet. He, uh, he leans in and he says, uh, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind marrying me too much. And she's wearing earmuffs and she's like, what'd you say? And he leans in again and he's like, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind marrying me too much. It's just and she's just like, yes,
1: I'd like to marry you. <laughs> and it is adorable. Right. It's just so sweet. Like, it's, it's such a sweet testament to love. Like, it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. And, like,
0: and then throughout the movie, like, you really see how much he really loves her. Like, she doesn't want him to be in danger, she doesn't want a, him to fight. So he. Listens, Mm -hmm. like even though it's not what he wants to do, it's what he does. And then when he does fight, you know, she has this, you know, traumatic issue with the pregnancy and she goes ahead and gives birth, but then she goes into a coma. And that's when you really see how much Rocky loves her. He refuses to train for the rematch with Apollo. Mm -hmm. He stays at his wife's side day and night. And when he's not allowed at her side, he's at the church, at the hospital. Yep oh it just breaks your heart it really does so sweet it is so like that kind of devotion
1: that's what we all want
0: right oh oh my god that's uh, yes (laughs) and it's just so oh my god he reads her that poem and then finally after like I don't know how much time passes Finally, her hand moves, and it is like the best scene. She wakes up, and he looks at her and he says,
1: I knew you'd come back. And he never, like, like you said, just the devotion and the love that you see. Like, you already love him because he's this underdog. But then when you see, like, the softness, the true softness of him, like, he becomes so much more lovable. Oh, my God, yes. And then on top of all this
0: awesome mushiness, he has a son, and then he wins
1: the championship. Like, how is that not the perfect movie? It is. It's the perfect movie because we do have the sadness, but then it's like everything goes right. You know what I mean? It's
0: perfect. I think that
1: there
0: there are so few examples of a sequel that did it right all the way from beginning to end. Rocky two. Is a perfect sequel from beginning to end. One hundred percent agree. Ugh, love that movie. I am going to have to watch it after this because I am just <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. And that soundtrack, yes,
1: yes. I am surprised we ha- you haven't covered it yet. Oh, I have a feeling that the
0: Rocky movies are going to take quite some effort. So I am I am mentally
1: preparing for the the day. <laughs> got you. Got you. Got you love it. Okay, great choice. I agree. I'm going to need to watch that movie again. It's been a while. Hell yeah. Rocky are always my dad's Thanksgiving movies.
0: Oh yeah, that's perfect so, because Rocky Part 1, there's a part that takes place on Thanksgiving. So. Right.
1: Right. So we alternate years where we watch. And I you know what? Maybe that's why I get them confused because typically my dad will watch one or two um and he did love, of course, Creed and Creed Two, but like you said, those are kind of like in a different franchise just because of the era. I, you know, I need to ask him if he likes the other Rockies. I've never actually seen him watch them. Now that I think about it, I'd be interested to
0: hear what his opinion is because he's had to have at least seen them. But I don't. I, I'd be interested to see how much he likes the rest of them.
1: For sure, I'm gonna have to ask because, yeah, um, Papa Franco is another big movie buff, and again, I think that's where I get most of my love for movies and music. Um, and yeah, we, we tend to watch movies together for holidays and my family, you know, alternates because we're so large for like who hosts that year. Um, but wherever we watch, we, he will make sure Rocky one or two is on for Thanksgiving. So we need to have your dad on our show. You know, I've already asked him if he wouldn't mind coming on. He was a little disappointed that he wasn't invited for Rocky or let me clarify, Rocky, <laughs> for Rocky Horror, um, but I told him that we, you know, he listened to the episode, and he said, all right, you did me, you did me well, so, um, but yeah, I'm going to have to have my dad on for sure, because my dad is, my dad is a huge music person, um, and his love for movies also, like, we have very similar taste in movies, so I'm definitely going to have to see if he can come on for an episode. Man, now I feel bad. It didn't. It didn't even occur to me to like invite him or like.
0: Well, we were still trying to get used to recording remote, so we I don't were. even think a guest was like on our on our radar.
1: Not at all. And when I told him, like you know, it it uh, not that it was thrown together, but just that like in the midst of you know a pandemic, um, he understood. And then when he listened to it, he was like, "You mentioned me a lot. You did me proud." So he was he was good after that. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to have to have him come on eventually for a movie. Um, because yeah, my dad is a huge reason that I love movies and music. Um, I mean, the man quizzed me on songs and he was researching and knew about songs and bands before fucking Google existed. So he you know, the OG and, um, I definitely would enjoy having him on, you know, to shoot the shit with us over a couple episodes or whatever. Um, uh, love you, Papa Franco. Love me some Papa Franco. <laughs> and, uh, just a fun plug. My dad and I still play our, um, name that song game where like every other day or every couple of days we'll text each other, um, name that song and then we'll do lyrics and, uh, you get up to three, you know, like next verse or next section of songs before you have to make your guess and uh right now I'm winning so uh let's hope I keep my stride <laughs> the uh what the student becomes the teacher right right I have to become the master <laughs> all right great choice so we each covered six so what is um what are some movies that like sequels that just like they didn't hit it they didn't do well um what are some ones that were you know I hate saying this But what are some of the sequels that you've seen or, you know, heard of or tried to watch? Because I'll be honest, there's a couple that I didn't make it all the way through um, that kind of fit that stereotypical bill of what a sequel is. Because I feel like, you know, they get a bad rap. One sequel
0: that I did not care for, that I turned off after 30 minutes, that I will never revisit and that i don't think should even exist
1: is insidious part 2. Ooh, i okay, i will be honest. Uh, you know that's not my jam, not my thing. Um, but i heard that it was awful, that it was absolute trash. It was so
0: boring to me. And i've lost track of how many there are. I know there's at least 3, but i i was just fine with part 1 being a standalone. I would have loved for it to just be mm-hmm. left alone. I think I thought it was a perfect ending and just leave it open-ended, but of course, the horror like horror media always gets expanded because money. So, of course, they were going to make a sequel, but it was not necessary.
1: Uh yeah. Um again, not my thing, but I heard it was absolutely awful and just that it didn't even follow correctly. I, I I turned it off, but it
0: was kind of going into the backstory of the woman who took him into the further and okay. all that stuff from the first one. Um, and she was just not enough to drive the story for me or to keep me interested.
1: Got you. Okay. Um, okay, so one of mine, I, lo- I love me some eighty movie guys. And uh, please expect this movie on Soundtrack City soon. Um I love Revenge of the Nerds. Okay, that is like one of my favorite all-time 80s movies. Revenge of the Nerds 2 fucking sucks. Okay. Okay. I'm
0: interested to hear. Okay, so I'm gonna be honest, Frankie. You've never I have never seen either.
1: (gasps) Okay, that's gonna be okay, Misa and I have been talking about this where we're gonna pick movies for each other to watch on in on an episode eventually, right? Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm okay this is one that I'm gonna request that you watch because Revenge of the Nerds is another one of those cult classics I know lots of people have not seen it um Robert Carradine Anthony Edwards Curtis Armstrong just great all-around underdog movie like again love my dad is the reason I love this movie the second one though like was just a complete miss I don't even know why, why they did it. I don't, I don't get it. It was, um, it's like a nerds in paradise. It's supposed to be like, they're going off to like this weird, I don't even know, Florida thing, fraternity thing. Um, it doesn't make sense. I don't like it. The music was not there. It does have a lot of the same people in it and I did go ahead I found out one fun fact Misa though Mark Mothersbaugh is the one who did the music so I know we kind of like him who is can you remind me who that is oh um so he did the music for um he was in Devo and you talked about Devo in one of your episodes I can't remember which one it was now that I'm thinking about it
0: Oh, I do not remember talking about that group. Oh, my God, really? Okay, hold on. Comfort me if you're the same way. But after we do our soundtrack stuff and all the research, I kind of, like, forget
1: all that stuff. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm the same way, but I remember certain music people only because we talk about them so much because we end up talking about the same people. Yes, it was me. Hotel Transylvania 3. That's why. Yes, it was I. Twas I that talked about it. I apologize, for getting you and I confused. Okay, okay. You were the killer. I was the killer. Um, yeah, just a complete mess. Just a complete mess. My bad. Uh, yeah, but I highly, highly recommend the original *Revenge of the Nerds*. Awesome. The second one, not so much. Well, you know, I did. Um, obviously, you know,
0: I'm I've watched the Goldbergs and *Revenge of the Nerds* was parodied in an episode. They were very open about like, oh, this is like Revenge of the Nerds. We're going to go to the college and something something and something about the girls dorm or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, great scene. Yeah, so I've seen it parodied. Yeah, I I Yeah, that is just it's it's a great movie. Like it really is. It's like I mean, there are some parts I'm not going to lie that don't age well because 80s. Um but there is one scene in particular that the music is just fucking amazing and like everyone needs to see it that at least that scene in my opinion uh so yeah that's I mean it's a great movie to me so I definitely recommend um the original second one fucking stuff and on to you what's another one that you don't like
0: (laughs) You know what I heard sucked, and I haven't actually watched, but the trailer, I in in my opinion, the trailer looked really, really bad, which kind of was mm-hmm. devastating, uh, was Zombieland 2. Oh. You know, I I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen it. Yeah, and I kind of didn't want to see it. Like, I don't know, something about the trailer made it look kind of, campy I guess um, I don't know it just it seemed like the tone shifted a little and I felt like the quality even though like years have passed mm-hmm. um, the quality just didn't look I don't know I, I the story the characters they seemed quirky on purpose um, and it just it nothing about it pulled me in aside from oh it's called Zombieland Two, and the four main people are back, which I did think was really special. Yes. We talked about this. Yes,
1: okay. I remember the four main people being there. Yes, and I was like, okay, this is, this has some, you know, chance. Um, but yeah. I agree with you. When I saw the preview, I was like, eh. you know, it just it didn't sell me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I really would have. I, I guess I should give it a chance. I am, of course, speculating. I haven't actually seen it, so maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Nothing about the trailer made me think, like, oh, I have to go see it as soon as it comes out. It was more like a, uh, I'll wait. I think we all can relate to the, you see a trailer and you're like,
1: well, I'll wait. Yes, like, oh, that's not worth my mo- my money. <laughs> Movies are expensive, that's not worth my I should give it a chance because I do love that cast. Yeah, and they're such a good cast together. I agree with you. Um, But I doubt that they can save it. I don't think so, yeah. And, um, you know, speaking of going to see movies in the movie theater, um, I recently saw The Suicide Squad, which was the second to Suicide Squad. Yeah, I don't even know how to come to words for, like, how shitty it was. Which is surprising because it's James Gunn. I was not a fan. And it was like intensely vulgar for no reason. Like even I thought it was vulgar. Yeah, I've
0: heard that it was a bit of a different tone. And like when I heard that James Gunn was directing it,
1: I kind of expected it to, to be along the lines of Guardians, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And again, why I was excited to see it because I love Guardians, you know? And, um, this one, this, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't a hit for me. Um, the music was good. The filming was decent. This, it was the storyline for me. And yeah, I just, it just wasn't, it just wasn't. Nope.
0: So would you say that's a movie that you like the soundtrack better than the film itself? Oh, a hundred percent.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I will that, say, for sure. um, I forget his name of the actual character, but the shark guy, he was my favorite character. He was absolutely adorable. Um, But yeah, other than that, it was just, it, it, it just missed so many marks. It almost felt, it, it honestly almost felt like it was a spoof. Okay. I'm interested to see it now. Like, I... Okay. Yeah, I would love okay. to hear your take okay. on it. Whenever you watch it, let me know. Because it's, I mean, um, and and I, I truly feel like I went in with unbiased opinions. Because, you know, I love Birds of Prey. I actually really enjoy the first movie. I love Suicide Squad, actually. And I know that even that is an unpopular opinion. Because not everyone likes that one. Um, I think I had high hopes for this. And it just, it really missed the mark for me.
0: I... I know one that I can talk about that I really don't like, and I get some flack for it from the horror community because oh. they're all so fucking in love with this movie, but I am not. Okay, what is it? I don't like Scream 4. <laughs> is that the one with what's-her-name? That's the one with Jill Jill Roberts. Or not Jill Roberts. Her name is Jill in the movie, but her real name is... Um...
1: Emma. Emma. Yeah, not a Emma fan.
0: Roberts.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she can't act. So, no, that's why I don't like her. Yeah, not a fan. As much as I love Wes, I feel like this one. Um, I think, again, it just missed a lot of marks for me. Um, I don't know if my expectations were too high. Uh, I don't feel like Emma Roberts was a good choice for Jill.
0: Man, where do I begin with this movie? Okay, I was very grateful that Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox and former WCW champion David Arquette all came back for the film and Wes Craven was directing it. That made it feel like so special to me. Even though like part one, two, and three, I love the original trilogy. I love part three. I love part three and I will defend it. In my Instagram bio, it says I am a Scream 3 apologist and I will defend it to the grave. But part four no just no like I I was a really big fan of heroes so Hayden Panettiere was like the shit but she looks Mm -hmm. so greasy in this movie like can someone give her a Neutrogena wipe okay I'm she's so shiny she looks
1: like a bowling ball with extra glaze I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that and Tell me why I didn't even realize that Macaulay's brother was in this movie. Oh, hell yeah. No,
0: actually, he's one of the things that I actually really love about it because he's kind of like the counterpart Randy. Um, Although, I mean, I guess it's up for debate. Some people, in the the movie, he's very much referred to as Randy, but some people like to think that he's more like Loomis because he ends up being the killer and he is Jill's kind of boyfriend because they're in love. It's stupid and whatever. Another thing about Scream 4 that I hate. I don't like it when a sequel brings in a family member that no one has ever heard of or mentioned just for the sake of they need to be related to the character. Like Scream 4, Jill is Sydney's cousin who was never mentioned and who is the daughter of her mom's sister who was also never mentioned. And it just... That's one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to sequels. It's such a cheap way to connect characters. Right. I agree with you. The film overall is shot with this really odd soft focus filter that they used to use when Doris Day was on screen. And it's very distracting. And it's like, are you trying to hide the fact that these people are aging? Because I know that they're aging. I know we're on part four now. It's okay like it the soft focus is just it it just turns me off and it's just
1: constant throughout the film and I don't like it I had really high hopes for this movie and maybe that's why maybe I just expect too much I don't know it just wasn't there for me
0: the story and the characters it just it wasn't a complete package I and part of the reason why I'm so excited for this new Scream movie that's coming out on January 14th, 2022 is because I'm like, oh, good. I can finally get the taste of Scream 4 out of my fucking mouth. Right. Like, I don't want Scream 4 to be the last memory I have of the Scream franchise.
1: And I agree. I'm excited for the next one. Oh my gosh! Yes, I'm so excited,
0: and all oh, three of them came back. Even though there is speculation that, well, I guess I shouldn't say anything else. Wait, say it again. Say it, say it. Say it, say it. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, one thing I will say is this. Um, before I before I tell you this, possible spoiler, but um. I I really appreciate the fact that, like, social media allows us to connect to other fans who are obsessive like us. Because I will say, like, Screams 1 through 4, social media wasn't as big of a thing. And so, like, I didn't know that there were other Scream freaks that I could, like, interact with and, like, get excited for the movie with. And, like, some people are, like, posting screenshots from the trailer and speculating about characters and i fucking love that there's a community that i can be a part of now that does that because i don't feel like i really had much of that with the first four films you know right right and it's a totally different game with you know social media part of the speculation that i'm about to speak of comes from that horror community that i follow Uh, Many of whom are Scream fans and they've been posting like news and blogs and photos about it and There is speculation that Dewey, Gail and Sydney Are the opening kills?
1: (gasps) No way Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I may cry
0: I don't know what you, I'm going to do. Do you think it's because Wes is no longer with us? Uh, that's what. That's where a lot of it's coming from. They think that, like, okay, the Wes era of Scream has ended because in, in respect to him, they don't want to continue on with what was his baby. And they think that that's why it's not called Scream 5. They think that's why it's called Scream, because it's a new generation with a new director, and so they're closing the book on Wes's era. My heart is breaking. And that just devastates me, because I don't want those characters to go away. I, like, you can't kill David Arquette. Didn't you see the documentary? That's exactly what it's called. And it just, I, I those characters, like, Part of the reason why I hate Halloween 8 is because Laurie Strode dies in the first 10 minutes. You don't kill Laurie Strode. So if you kill Sydney like how do you mm. I wow. I am shocked. But Honestly. even so, like even if they do die, even if that is if they do it right, I will respect them for it. But still, like, even if it does happen, if those three die, I think I will still like it better than part four.
1: Probably. Part four would just If they do it right. Yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. They have to do it right. Um, the only other one that I had um is actually one that I <sighs> I didn't fully give it the chance, and you know what? It may be because I was younger when I watched it, and I might be seeing it again just because I love the first ones. Um, I like The Matrix, I'm not a fan of the second one though. So, The mm-hmm. Matrix Reloaded is the second one, yeah. To me, I, I I'm just not a fan because we see like the city, the Zion and everything and the machine army. I don't know why, but I feel like it's sloppy. Um, like the storyline is sloppy, if you will. Um, and it's one for me that I will totally skip over the second one and go to Matrix Revolutions instead. Do you think
0: maybe the story suffered? For the sake of like, they focused more on the effects and like the matrix. The matrix was such a big hit that they wanted to make this one
1: bigger and better. I absolutely think they did. Yes, I think that they skimped on plot and storyline and focused more on like how big can we do this one? You know what I mean?
0: See, and that's a sh- that's why sequels get a bad. Wrap like because the stories aren't there like you know there's a lot of dollar signs seen in a title but if the story doesn't
1: pull you then it's not going to be good right and I just I feel like I mean I don't know other any other word to say like it's just sloppy it's missing parts not all of it totally makes sense um and I mean I'm super excited to see the fourth one that's coming out soon um because we've waited so long for it and my hope is that we've waited so long <laughs> you know that the story is going to be impeccable um but then again I wonder am I going in with preconceived notions that this story is going to live up to the first or even the third one? So I feel like I almost need to go in with like a clean slate because it has been so many years. Um, and normally, when you know sequels come out or you know it's in a trilogy or a franchise, if you will, I am typically one of those that will watch all of them to prepare myself. I don't know if anyone else is like that. Um, I'm assuming you are because <laughs> we have a whole podcast about movies. and so I almost feel like. I need to not do that in preparation for the fourth movie. It is only filmed by one of the Wachowskis. Um, the other ones are, you know, very well known for being filmed by the Wachowskis, um, and they are—they're not now. Um, the Wachowski brothers, who are uh, formerly. Men, they're both trans women. So I want to make sure I gender them correctly. Um, Lana and Lily, but the fourth one is only filmed by, I believe it is Lana. Um, and so I'm interested to, to know why Lily kind of backed out of the, um, the fourth one. And, uh, and Keanu's coming back, of course. Yes. Keanu will be here. Um, And, uh, again, I know I'm going to have to read up and talk about why, yes, why Lily is not going to be um, in the fourth one. But, um, I mean, the cast looks really good. Trinity will be there as well. Carrie Ann. Um, We do have some different people as far as agents. Um, And I do know that Jada will revisit her character as well. Um, I'm blanking out on her character. But she'll be there also. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm going to go in and give it a chance. But, um, you know, the second one was just a miss for me. And so I'm hoping that the, the fourth one can kind of reboot my love for sequels, if you will. So like we mentioned earlier, um, this B-Side episode was heavily influenced by our two-year anniversary guys we are officially two thank you so much for all of you who have stuck with us and all of our new followers and fans um honestly Misa and I just absolutely love movies and music and you know being able to do something with your best friend that you love is just fun for us um but getting to do it with other people listening and tuning in to what we love is really cool. Um, we have a lot of things planned for year two. Stay tuned for May specifically, so excited. Um, but yeah, like Greece, I mean, the another great pop culture. I feel like we stick with our really big pop culture references for our anniversaries or big moments, um, which is only appropriate. So we will be talking about some of the amazing songs from Greece, and definitely revisiting a little bit of Greece too, because I'm going to watch it again by Ben Misa. Oh, you are in for a treat. I love that
0: you're going to watch this movie that you vaguely remember because it's kind of like you're watching it again for the first time. Like you basically got your memory kind of wiped, so to speak. And you're going to yeah. have this fresh take on it. And I'm excited for you to have this, like, new experience.
1: <laughs> I, I am too, honestly. Like, I'm excited to kind of go in with a fresh set of eyes, if you will. Um, yeah. So I will be so ready to talk about that also, in addition to just all of the things Grease. Um, lots of fun anecdotes, Lots of fun memories. Um, Misa will probably post pictures in her pink lady jacket, hopefully. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Um, so excited for all things Greece. And, yeah, that'll be up definitely by September 12th for our two-year anniversary. And you can check out all of those things on our Instagram, Hey Soundtrack City, as well as our blog, that means always tags. And we are on Apple Music, Google, Podbean, not Tidal. What else am I missing? <laughs> Spotify and uh, Amazon Music. (laughs) Amazon Music and Spotify, yes. Never titled. What I
0: said earlier is in its own class, but I am ready to talk about the epic soundtrack to Greece. I loved the music in that film. I have not had a chance to see it on Broadway or on stage, have
1: you? So I have not seen it um, on Broadway. Uh, And forgive me if I'm wrong, but I guess I just hold Broadway as, like, in New York. Um, I have seen it at the Hobby Center downtown. Um, Yes, I went with a friend. And then I've also seen several high school renditions of it um, because, you know, theater nerd here, I love watching high school theaters um, and high school plays. And uh, now that I'm in high school, that's like one of the things I'm most excited for, which by the way, you're coming. I will be at every show. You just have to tell me when it is and I will be there. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So, and I've also seen it um, at the drive-in theater, but um, I've never seen it. like I, I feel like watching it like on Broadway in New York would just be such an experience. And I haven't gotten to experience that. And I don't know that I will. Um, but yeah, super excited to, you know, eventually mark that off my bucket list.
0: Yay. Well, I'm super excited to talk about that soundtrack next time on Soundtrack City.
1: And uh, yeah. is there anything else we should add before we go? Um, No, just uh, wear your mask. Make sure you're vaccinated, stay safe, and uh, we will check you out next time on Soundtrack City. All right. Thank
0: you for listening. We appreciate you very much.
1: Thanks, guys. This has been the B-Side. Go enjoy some sequels, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.